going to pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your spirit that is with us, God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you uh, for all that you have already done. Um, thank you for your truth and even the, the worship that, you know, we're being joyful about right now. Um, it's unto you. It's unto your name. Doesn't matter the genre, but uh, even if we had 10,000 tongues with 10,000 songs, it would not be enough to declare the fullness of your greatness. So we just want to say thank you. Uh, and tonight, we just want to yield ourselves. We want to be a uh, uh, fertile ground for you to just allow any seed that is uh, sown today to actually germinate and bring forth uh, fruit. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're talking about fruit tonight. So that specifically said fruit in the prayer for all of y'all. So um, this past Sunday, it was a really great one, man. The Lord has really been dealing with my heart like heavily. And so we're talking about our outward relationship with other people and how sin has hindered us and hindered the spirit of God from flowing through us freely to do what he wants to do with us in our relationships. So I talked, we were talking about this thing about fruit. A lot of people read about fruit and don't know what it is. So one of the main references was uh, Genesis 1:28, how uh, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. But then we reference it with John chapter 15. I don't have all the scriptures and everything in front of me. In fact, I kind of do. So uh, we're, we're just, uh, I'm going to reference that portion and then we're going to jump into it. It says, uh, John 15, 1, says, I am the true vine. The father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. Hello, hello, all the way from Barbados. What's, what's up, what's up? Man, Hezekiah Walker, please don't start with me. What you know about Hezekiah Walker? All right, y'all stop distracting me. We're trying to get it in. All right, so I'm gonna ask you a question. What is fruit? When we're talking about fruit, because a lot of people talk about fruit and don't know what fruit is. Go ahead, type it in the chat. What do you think fruit is? What do you think fruit is? Type it in the chat real quick. And then I'm gonna give you my, from the way I denote what fruit is from scriptures. We're gonna have Justin jump in and give his recap. I started with my recap first because I th thought it just flowed because I put the title up in there. Justin's gonna jump in and recap what he said. What I'm saying right now is basically tying into what Justin says. And so I'm gonna give him um, basically an ollie hoop because what Justin is talking about is that inward relationship with Christ. And I'm going to be mentioning that inward struggle and I'm gonna bring Justin in to tie that all in and how we're still, we have to overcome that inward sinful nature. All right, what is fruit? Fruit, what is fruit? Okay, results. Somebody said results. Bringing many to the kingdom. Fruit is souls. Somebody said fruit is souls. Fruit is evidence or work of something that exists. Okay, cool. Fruit of the spirit, fruit of the spirit. All right, a lot of people have their definitions of fruit. But I'm going to give it based on scripture. Someone said new believers. A lot of people, and when I read this scripture, I always felt like fruit was souls to the kingdom. New souls. You will bear much fruit, meaning you're going to bring a lot of souls to the kingdom. But this is specific. If, 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 if Christ is the vine and his father is the vine dresser, 
Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So every branch that does not bring souls to the kingdom, he takes away. That could be something that you could think about, but you have to think of it in reference and in context, contextually. And so fruit, based on what I'm gathering here, is less about what you're doing, what you're talking about, and it's more about identity. This is how I define it. Fruit is the expression of the essence of one's origin. And for, for this context, fruit is the essence or it is the expression of the essence of God, is the expression of the essence of God. So if we're dealing with a fruit, a fruit, if it's an apple, is the expression, is the outward expression, all right, is the outward expression of the essence of an apple tree. So you're able to understand that an apple is an apple because it came from an apple tree, and that that, that if you wanted to understand the apple, you can go back to the uh, apple tree to gather its identity, to study its identity, to study its genetic code and process, and you can understand the apple better. In the same way, fruit is the expression, it is the expression of the essence of God. Another way of putting it is fruit is the outward proof of what's inside. Another way that I put it is fruit is the app is the ID card that validates the lineage. Fruit is the ID card that validates the lineage. All right, y'all. So it's less about, you know, what I post on IG. It's less about what my t-shirt says. It's less about the fact that, yeah, I stood on the stage and a lot of people came to Christ because when you go to Matthew 7, uh, read it down. They said they casted out demons. They did a lot of stuff. But but Christ said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I do not know you. There is something, something that God is looking for at judgment. And he's looking for his son. He's looking for his son in us. And fruit is the expression of the essence of God. So when you read scriptures that talk about fruit in this in this in this manner, I don't think it'd be wrong to exchange or to interchange that expression of the essence. So, for example, um, if you were to say, if you were to read verse two, every branch in me in me that does not bear the expression of the essence of God, he takes away. So then it's less about what you think you are able to. To get, you know, the, 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 the cookies and the points that you are able to get for God. It's really dealing with who you are. When nobody's looking, it's what's it's, it's it's the proof of what's really on the inside of you. You hear me? And so nobody's gonna get away with this is what I did for you, Jesus. This is how many souls I brought for you, Jesus. Jesus is saying, No, there's something on the inside that needs to be expressed. All right now, okay, so we talked about uh, fruitfulness. And, uh, you know, it's a whole study on that. If you're a band of brother, you could ask for the recording and we could get you the recording. Next, the next part we talked about was being a vessel and God, or the first thing is God has not, God has not stopped desiring for us to be fruitful in this manner. He has not stopped for, uh, stopped his desire for us to bear fruit, um, spiritually, uh, at least, uh, First and foremost, spiritually bearing fruit because God has a distinct desire to see his essence, 
to see himself again in us. And so we have the privilege of even physically producing because God made man in his image. We're able to physically produce so that God is able to see his likeness again throughout the earth reflected. And so when God is calling us to express his essence, it is a call that did not die in the garden. And so if he's calling us to be fruitful, then you must understand he, he's also called us to be vessels. We are vessels. Go ahead and look in the mirror and say, I am a vessel. And if you are a vessel, that means, well, we're not going to get all the way into it. But the first thing is the fact that you're open is necessary. A vessel is a container with an opening. And if you are a vessel, first you must be open. God cannot do the work with closed vessels. God cannot do his work with closed vessels. You can't approach God with a closed vessel and say, God, do what thou wilt. No, you have to be an open vessel. Um, and to be an open vessel, the next thing that's necessary, that's required of an open vessel is an open vessel has to know that he, that, that vessel, as a vessel, you'll be poured into. But before you're poured into, you got to be poured out. You got to be poured out. There has to be an emptying and emptying. So this was the crazy part. If anybody has ever studied uh, uh, sicknesses and diseases, there's something called malabsorption. It's a syndrome called malabsorption. What happens with malabsorption is no matter how much food you eat, no matter how much nutrients you take in, um, your body rejects uh, the nutrients. And so uh, oftentimes that food passes through your body as diarrhea, straight up the runs. Oh. I just, my laptop just collapsed. I don't know how that happened. My hands is just too, it's moving everywhere. All right, sorry. All right, so malnutrition, don't laugh at me. If you laugh, you know, the Lord is watching. All right, so malnutrition, you're taking in all these nutrients and your body's not absorbing the nutrients. It passes as waste. And that's exactly what happens to us spiritually. No matter how good God is to you, no matter how much favor is in your life, no matter how much time you go to church, no matter how, much, how many times you tune in to these Band of Brothers podcast or lives or IG, God is trying to pour in something in your life, but you have not received it. And so it is past his waste. Precious things, good things from God get you excited, but in your life is past his waste. Why? Because there's something inside of you that is rejecting what's being received. And um, we talked about the vessel having to be emptied until your vessel is emptied of the lies that have corroded it, of the experiences that point at God and say you're a liar, of every, of every sinful nature that is louder than the spirit of God. You have to do that daily emptying. It's not a one-time emptying. It's a daily emptying of self to refresh your mind, to renew your mind, to see Okay, God is a good God. Do you know that you have to renew your mind to recognize that God is a good God, even if you love him? You could be a Christian and love God, but you got to renew your mind to recognize him as good right now. And so that's what's happening to us. Uh, oftentimes we end up in these situations because we're not properly receiving everything that God is throwing our way. And so I want to challenge some of you right now to actually be introspective, um, to think about every time it really matters for you to express the fruit. Why, why is the flesh showing up so much more strong? Like you be in the church, 
but you really live like a devil. That's not a coincidence. Y'all hear me? And so there's this spiritual malabsorption that's happening. God literally spoke to me and said this. It's not just about what's given. It's about what is received. And my mind was changed. My mind was blown and my life was changed. It's not simply about what is given, but it's about what is received. You can have two people that go to the same prison. One person gets embittered and enraged and comes out and does more crime than he did when he got it before he got in there. The next person goes and gets reformed and comes out and becomes a blessing to their community. They were given the same circumstance, but something was different. The vessel was different, or in this case, the soil was different. You always think, oh, you give what you get, you give what you get. Yeah, but the, the soil matters. If the soil is corroded, the soil is corrupted, then even if you plant good seeds, then those soil, that, that seed could get choked up. And so, yes, God is a good God and he will always be a good God. Yeah, the pastor probably preaches a good word. But if this soil is corrupted, if the vessel is corrupted, if you're still existing and living with the lies of the enemy and those things are louder than the voice of God, trust and believe you'll be dealing with spiritual malabsorption. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. The, this is the part that changed my life. This is the part that changed my life. I'm trying. I'm skipping ahead as fast as I can. So. So if, if this is the problem, something, these things are corroding us. We're being filled with these things that are lies in the, in the garden. What the enemy did was he, he infused into their, their minds a, a lie. He, he projected the lie that God was not enough. My brother Justin made, had a poem that says, can God be trusted? That is the basis. That is the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the sperm and the egg for every sin that occurs. It's this idea that God is not good. God cannot be trusted. That is the fuel for sin. I can, I, I'm going to do this because I can't wait on God because I don't know what God is going to do. I can't, I, 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 I got to lie because if, if I tell the truth, then I'm going to be so damaged that in a way that God can't protect me or preserve me from. Like it's this idea that God cannot be trusted. And so what, what do we do? So there has to be an emptying. So even with this malabsorption idea, this syndrome, some of the uh, uh, holistic advice is to detox the body in a, in a holistic way. And that is the recommendation for our spiritual lives. We need a detox. And if you look through scripture, you see a lot of uh, uh, scriptures about purification. But truly, detoxification and purification are in the same family of language. In fact, purification, detoxification, cleansing, and emptying could be all interchangeable as the same word. Here's the beautiful part. Oh, y'all. Verse 3 of John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 3. This is what Jesus says. In the middle of him declaring he's divine, and if you don't express my essence, then you'll be taken away. But he says this. But you are already clean. Because of the word I have spoken to you. And this is within the context and the backdrop of if you abide in me and I in you. So if you're in Christ, God is declaring to you today that you are already clean. This spiritual detoxification and emptying is already the backdrop and foundation of being in Christ. 
And so as much as this renewing that has to happen in us, of course, this renewing is just coming back to the place that Christ has already established. I'm going to say it again. If you're detox, if you're in this spiritual detoxification, all of that, cleansing, emptying, what you're doing is you're chasing and you're running towards agreement of what Christ has already done. The finished work of the cross is that purification coming back to the thing that Jesus is saying, you are already clean because the word I've said to you, basically you're clean because I said so. Not because you don't feel so bad no more to sin, not because your sin is not as bad as they sin, not because nobody knows about the sin. No, you're clean because I said so. This set me free. I don't know about you, but stuff from my past be haunting me. I'm just like, man, I just, I can never be the person that God has designed for me to be because I still got these things on my record. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> these things are on my record. God knows that I was addicted here. God knows that I made this mistake here. But Jesus is saying, you are clean because I said so. So spiritual detoxification, spiritual purification, spiritual emptying is just ridding yourself of every lie that is distancing you from what Christ has already done. If you're in Christ, then the you, you're going to go through life. You, you, you stepped into the game clean. And as you move through life, there are lies that are, are fighting to take residence in you, in your heart and in your mind. You get rejected. Okay, I'm not loved. But Christ said you're already clean because I said so. And so now there's a war. What Christ has already said and all these new lies that come into play. So if you're not receiving or be and bearing this fruit, if you're not receiving what God is doing and, and, is, and you're not bearing fruit, then the lies are beginning to be louder than what Christ has already done. I got to let Justin on. I got to let I talk too much on this joint. I talk too much. Justin, come on, come on, come on. My bad, brother. My bad, brother. Come on, my man. You here? Yes, uh, I am. Yes, I am. Mine must have just been lagging a little bit because you was going off and then it just cut to you going in. So I was like, <laughs> I must have missed the end part of what you said. Okay, it's but all I'm good. Here. I'm all right, here. Great. Great. What up, what up? I'm just tagging you in because I started off first to let people know what that topic was about. And I'm tying it into you. You were dealing with this inward conflict, and that's where I left off at. This yes. uh, eyes of the enemy competing with what Christ has already done. And yes. this is our foundation. This is how we live. This is how we get up in the morning. We live from the place of, of a, a finished work on the cross. And every yep. lie that raises up is to contest and to stand against what the work of Christ that he's already completed. So it's telling me, okay, you're off. You're, you're disqualified. You can no longer move forward. You mm -hmm. can't walk in power. You can't walk in purity. And so, come on, man. Jump in, bro. Okay. Yeah, I, I will. I will. Um, and, and just to, to bounce off of everything that you're saying, the scriptures, I just want to bring some extra scripture to it so everyone can have um, this clarity with it. Because Galatians 5, I think, does a great job talking about uh, this combination of the inward and the outward nature. You know, Galatians 5, 16, it says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And so I'm going to say something that I think may be challenging. Walking by the Spirit is a command. It's not something that 
Uh, I think a lot of believers think that walking by the Spirit is something that's optional or walking by the Spirit is something that's for like the extra holy or the extra saved or only like the, you know, fivefold leadership or only people who are trying to go so super deep in God. When Paul is writing here, he's writing to the church and we are the church. And so when he says walk by the Spirit, that's a command from the Holy Spirit to us today. And it says, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh, which means the contrary is true. If we are walking in the desires of the flesh, we are not walking by the spirit. And so, and, and this is so important when we talk about this combination of the inward and the outward nature. And so many people in the body of Christ are being deceived because a lot of people think walking by the spirit is the supernatural signs. But as Ezekiel earlier said, referencing Matthew 7, there will be those who cast out demons. There'll be those who heal the sick, how they're able to do all of these different things. And God will say, I never knew you away from me, you worker of iniquity. Because they were not walking by the spirit. Satan can imitate every single thing but the fruits of the spirit. So the fruits of the spirit are not the miracles. Say, say it again. Say that, all that again. Okay. Say that. Satan can imitate everything but the fruits of the Spirit. Satan can imitate everything but the fruits of the Spirit. For every authentic thing that God does, Satan has counterfeit. So we have to be very clear, and I'm, that's why I'm so happy uh, that you are breaking down what the true fruit is, because if we don't know what the fruit is, we're going to look and see these things. And, and the Bible warns us that there will be things that will try to even deceive the elect, which means we have to have a clarity from the word of God on what the fruits are, because Satan can imitate everything. There are people who can operate in, in crazy, you know, familiar spirits can give people words of knowledge. Can, there can be fake deliverance. There can be fake signs and wonders and miracles. And people can be in the grossest and most wicked of sin. The, the, in fact, a lot of wicked people uh, are, are trying to pose as those who are disciples of Jesus and to fool the elect through the working of miracles. And so while the working of miracles is part of our inheritance in Christ, I don't want to like denounce it. There also is a counterfeit. And so we cannot identify uh, the, the spirits. Uh, we cannot identify it by that because this is what the word of God says. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. And so these are the things that are supposed to be manifest in the lives of a believer. And this is what we should be looking for as fruit, not how large someone's church is, not how so accurately someone prophesies, not, not how many healings we, we see done, not how many demons are cast out. All of those things are, are okay metrics, but the fruit of the spirit is what must be judged. And if we do not judge by this, in our own lives, we will be deceived. A lot of people, uh, especially the, religion is the stronghold that the kingdom of God must come against. And when I talk about inward, the kingdom of God begins in us. It begins in our soul. The kingdom of God begins in our mind, our will, and emotion. The spirit of God was given to us to advance the kingdom of God. And so we have to begin with kingdom thinking. Like in the book of Acts, this is, and also by the way, the Spirit of God, the fruits of the Spirit 
is not speaking in tongues. Although speaking in tongues is a sign for those who, who believe, and I'm not even talking about the gift of tongues, I'm just talking about the speaking of tongues that every single person is supposed to receive after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are, are in fact, demonic tongues, if believe it or not. And so Acts 1 is actually talking about the inward nature where we get clarity on what the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to look like and that we should really be looking for. In Acts 1, it talks about how Jesus tells his disciples right so we're not talking about oh about heaven or hell so this is what jesus says to his disciples wait in jerusalem until you receive the promise of the father until you receive power from on high and i will give that to you so that you may be witnesses so a fruit a true fruit of the spirit is our ability to witness and what are we witnessing? The word of God in Revelation, it talks about the testimony of Jesus is, is the spirit of prophecy. And so what are we witnessing? What, what is the spirit of prophecy? The spirit, again, we're talking about the inward. I'm trying to make sure I'm not going like too fast, but the, the testimony of Jesus is what we should be bearing witness to. And there are a lot of people who can do many false things and many religious activities, knowingly and not knowingly. These people, in Matthew 7 say, Lord, Lord. So this isn't even necessarily a group of people who are trying to be deceptive, but they're workers of iniquity. Why? Because they do not understand the testimony of Jesus. And the testimony of Jesus is what we should be bearing witness to. So the outward gospel, right, that we're called to preach, that we're called to command people to have faith, who are, who are calling Jesus Lord, that they must have faith in Jesus, right? They must repent from dead works and repent towards God right? They're supposed to be baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, they need to, to walk in the suffering that Christ walked in and, and crucify the flesh and be a disciple like him, you know. But the fruit of that should be peace, <laughs> you know. Uh, the, let me make sure I quote it directly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, the word says against such things, there is no law. And we have to be very careful as we try to pursue Jesus that we don't think that our inward nature will be changed by listening to something like this. Bro, we have bro, to be- before you, go, you made a post today. Yes. And it, it was a post about, um, I mean, you got a crazy testimony you were involved in what you would consider a cult, spiritual yeah. cult. Well. What you would consider, like, so you guys may be thinking uh, dark coats and drinking bloods out of a chalice. We're not talking about this looks like, you know, a legit, a legitimate church. And what Justin is saying can literally save you a lot of time, but even your soul. Like, yeah. yo, pay attention to what he's saying. It's not necessarily about the metrics, how big the church is, how organized it is, how good the choir is, how great the pastor speaks. Look in the same passage, Matthew 7, where, you know, when it gets to the 21, 22, uh, depart from me, I knew you not. But right before that, it basically what you said about Satan cannot duplicate that the fruit is this. I'm just going to read the scripture and I'm going to let you continue. Watch out for false prophets. Yeah. They come to you in sheep's clothing. This is Matthew 7, 7, 15. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves by their fruit you will recognize them or by their fruit you will know them do people pick grapes from thorn bushes 
or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree can uh, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Every good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. There, the special level and element of of discernment, the GPS for discerning is fruit. That's the first level. Like before you even go, you know, spend seven days of fasting, what, what Justin is help, trying to help you do is identifying what it looks like to distinguish the sheep from the wolves for yourself and for, for what you subject yourself to. Super, super important. Watch for the fruit. I'm done. Yeah, and, and yeah. And, and part of my, I won't go into my full testimony um, now, but yes, I was, I was in a cult and check this, I would call it a discipleship cult. They would tell you, yo, we're trying to make disciples. They would tell you, yo, we baptize. They, it, it looks like a lot of the different elements, but when you examine the fruit systematically, and, and this is what was so shocking, what God began to reveal to me that helped me bring me out of this. And this is something that the people of God continue to fall under. We, part of being fourth ground, you know, the, the, Jesus gives a parable of the grounds. Part of being fourth ground is where we are spiritually located because there are certain movements. And again, not all churches are perfect. So this is not about the perfection of the church. Church will be perfected at the last day, right? But there are certain things that call itself church that biblically are not church. They're actually, the, the church is meant to be led by the Holy Spirit. But if you have systems that are led by another spirit, then you actually cannot bear good fruit there. You doesn't matter if individually you're trying to have a right heart towards God. Great story of this. Look in the scriptures, look at the stories in the Bible. Judgment was brought to nations. When God brought a judgment to an unrighteous Israel, even the prophets within that nation, if they were alive during the time of the judgment, were subject to the judgment. Even if they were the ones that said, hey, judgment is coming. And so we have to be very careful about where we place ourselves because sometimes you could be wondering, why am I not bearing good fruit? And it could be because you are under wicked leadership in regards to a system. And this is what's so even scary you can have individual good leaders per se but if it's part of a bad foundation and structure it is against the will of god so the, the the analogy that god gave me he commands us to build our house on the rock so if we build our house on anything but the rock and, and check this revelation right uh it says that the foundation is built by the apostles and prophets with christ Jesus being the cornerstone so that's the rock if we build on any other rock, it is sand. And that means when the storms and winds come, which again, these are things from, from, from God, but the storms and winds often represent uh, judgment that can even come from unrighteous places, but within the will of God, right? So the Holy Spirit allowed Jesus to be tempted in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit or Jesus will proclaim a judgment and the judgment will come by unrighteous hands. So even... The, these wicked judgments will come against everybody. But though the, the testing of the body of Christ, the testing of our inward nature, 
is if we have individually built on the rock, but also collectively if we are built on the rock. Because first Peter talks about how we are all living stones. And so there are some people who, who may uh, profess to follow Jesus, but if you're not building on the rock, the storms are going to wipe you out. That's biblical. And some people don't understand, and this was me, so I'm not even saying this like, this is, I learned this revelation a very hard way. So like, I, I wanted to be a disciple of Jesus. I was trying to be, but I was building on sand. And until God get, showed me the foundation that you're building on is sand. It doesn't matter how much you are trying to be zealous for me. It doesn't matter how much you're trying to seek me. There's no amount of praying and fasting that stops us, that stops the result of building on the wrong foundation. The Pharisees were zealous. And it said that the Pharisees, literally Jesus was in front of them, but they had exalted their own building over Jesus the rock. And it said that this rock, it either would be something that we all would stumble on or that that rock would crush us. And so we have to be humble to the word of God and really be like, yo, we need to examine what are the foundations that we're building on and what are the fruits? And if what we're building on is not producing those fruits, both in us and in the environment around us, we must ask why. And is it simply about an immaturity of the believers around us? And if there's an immaturity in the believers around us, we must also ask why. Because I'll tell you this, part of the satanic strategy to keep us from uh, really becoming like Christ is Satan has developed systems in what we would call the church to keep the body immature. Satan has developed systems within the church to keep the body immature. Why? Because, check this, you want to know the difference in inward between a Jesus and his apostles uh, prior to resurrection and post-resurrection. Check this, right? The apostles of Jesus prior to the resurrection could cast out demons. They could heal the sick. Jesus sent them out two by two. Jesus himself trained them. Jesus himself gave them his authority. They walked with Jesus physically for three years. And even when everyone else abandoned Jesus, they did not abandon Jesus. But when the cross came, they ran and fled. When the cross came, it came time to pray. They fell asleep. This is about inward. When, when these challenges came, Peter said, I'll never betray. Jesus is like, he already knew. Why? Because he knew that Christ had not been formed in them. Even though they walked with him, Jesus had not been formed in them. But the difference, the shift into Acts 2, when we see them, these same people boldly preach a gospel and 3,000 people converted was because Christ was formed in them enough that he could say, now, Peter, on this rock, right, I'll build my church. Why? It wasn't because Peter is this supernatural rock. It's because the rock of Christ, the foundation, had been formed in him. The rock, Jesus was the rock that had formed in him. So Jesus could say, on this rock will I build my church. And the gates of Hades, gates talking about influence, will not overcome. The, 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 the rock being formed, that's what needs to be formed in us. We, we, we cannot build, we cannot be temples of the Lord without Jesus being the rock. We cannot, we cannot uh, produce the fruits of the Spirit without, having, without being the ground that is the fourth ground. Any other ground can even produce growth, but that growth will be destroyed. Yo. It'll either be, 
Yeah, the growth will be destroyed by the sun. So I'm talking about the parable of the grounds. The growth will be destroyed by the sun or the growth will be destroyed uh, by, by the, the thorns and the thistles that will grow up with it. Thorns and thistles spiritually, when you look at the book of Genesis, are, are, are a symbol of unproductivity. Because the curse of Adam was that thorns and thistles would be what he produced from the work of his brow. That's why Jesus said that these people were workers of iniquity. Because even if you deliver a bunch of people, if Christ the rock is not formed in you, it's thorns and thistles. And yo, this is why so many people are being deceived. Because if this is not the foundation and you're not recognizing this, Satan can get you. Satan can, he can get you. And he, he is not afraid of us just being born again. He's afraid of us reaching maturity in the stature of Christ. That's what it says in Ephesians. It says that, that we would not be blown and tossed by every wind of doctrine. There's that word again, wind. It's a, it, it represents the demonic. There's that word again, wind. So when God says the storms and the thing hit the house that's built on the rock, it's able to withstand. But what, what is Paul saying in Ephesians? That the church is being blown and tossed by winds and doctrines. And, and the Bible says in latter times that we would be deceived by doctrines of demons. And so we got to understand if Christ the rock is not formed in us, these different doctrines then begin influencing the body of Christ. And without word, we're blown and tossed by them. Meaning what? We cannot grow into maturity. We cannot be the house of God. We are limited in who we can become based upon, again, our inward nature. And that's why this whole thing about inward is so crucial. You may get to heaven by the seat of your pants, maybe, but you will not advance the kingdom of God on earth. And you will not bring heaven to earth. Like Jesus says, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the will of God. Not that everybody would just die and go to heaven. There's a lot of lukewarm Christians that may die and go to heaven, but will never advance the kingdom of God on earth. That requires a crucifixion of the flesh. If it was just about being saved, we wouldn't have most of the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? And, Yo, and the... slow down, dog. All right, I saw that. I saw what? that. I saw that. I saw that. What? Oh, my gosh. What? You guys just, we need a sailor right there. Yeah, sorry. My bad. If it was just, if it was just about getting saved, dying, and go to going to heaven, we would not have the church. Woo! The church is about advancing the kingdom. That I have never heard it like that before, bro. In line with what you said scripturally, Matthew fifteen. Uh, I just wanted to drop the scripture. Matthew fifteen. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall into the ditch. When I read that scripture, I thought it was the most unfair thing ever. I'm like, Jesus, but they were innocent. <laughs> like, but Formed in us, Christ being formed in us. And I, I truly believe that when it says that, that we it talks about one spirit in scripture and we're talking about the spirit of God actually abiding in us. The spirit of God in you will not allow you to rest peacefully long-term out of his direction and will. And that's how you're able to get out. Because yeah. the crazy part about it, this is the, mo this is, this is the part that I need you to get. What, pro what is probably keeping you at, your, at, some of, at some of the churches that you are in that are toxic, that are not of God, 
that are, are, are full of false prophets and false teachings is the seeming success. Because those churches are amazing, I'll tell you, by the standards of this world, amazing, seemingly successful, always growing, sometimes doing great things for the community. I'm not saying that these, you won't see the evil on the screen, dog. This is some good stuff. But what you're saying, it's very, very disturbing because those are not the things that necessarily reflect the essence of the spirit of God. And if you're not in tune, you will be carried away by the wind. And the crazy, the crazy thing about the wind of those doctrines, all you have to, all you have to do is overemphasize on the wrong thing to yes. be, to, to, to be a, her, a, her, a heretic. You don't have to say that Jesus is not Lord. Yeah, they're declaring Jesus is Lord. They're worth they're singing the same songs that we sing. All you gotta do is overemphasize something that Jesus didn't call us to overemphasize. And making the main point, it's like, okay, then that that you you easily have fallen in the line of heretics. So I think I thank you for touching this, but I don't want people to walk away saying that's why I'm avoiding bad churches. Mm, yes. I want people to see the heresy in in their lives. Yes. I want people to walk away from this thing. God, what what lie has been feeding me? And whatever this lie has been that has been feeding me, it's you've been losing an opportunity, like what you just said, getting in heaven on the skin of your teeth. Some of us will rejoice at the idea. But mm. if you had the heart of Jesus pumping in you, there's no way you'd be okay with that. Because you know there are too many souls at stake. You, you, something in you will make you want to get up after a live like this and say, I can't let my brothers go down like that. I can't let my sisters go down like that. I want to stand and I want to be an ambassador. This is the heart of God. So, I mean, I'm going to let you uh, jump into it, man. I'm, I'm listening, man. I'm receiving, bro. I'm receiving. Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, and, and that's real. And, and yeah, and I don't want us to be, just become like heresy hunters. Like you need to hunt the heresy in you, you know? Because all, all of us, so again, I, I just want, I want there to be balance. There needs to be, what, what, first, what came first for me to, that, helped, that helped God delivered me from, you know, the spiritual bondage I was in through that system that I was a part of was the, you know, the International Churches of Christ. I'll say it boldly because, you know, people need to know, especially people who are trying to follow Jesus. They need to know it, that's not a safe place to follow Jesus. I just want to make that clear. Uh, and, and that's just one example. There's many, many, many places like that. I just don't know them all. This is just what I came from, so I can speak on that. But what God began doing in me was, before I even knew what deliverance was, he began showing me, yo, like, you angry about, you know, this system, but, like, you remain here. And it's just like, what is it that's in you that wants to be a slave? That's why I posted what I posted today. If, you, if you're referring to what he posted, the post was like, it was like this meme where it was like, a, it was like a Donald Duck. He was sleeping. He was looking up with one eye. And it was like, this is the face that people make when Harriet Tubman, when they were comfortable in bed, Harriet Tubman was like, we need to go. And the dude was looking up like, like irritated, like, oh, I don't really want to go. You know, it was like, I was comfortable in a sinful environment because there were things that were benefiting my carnal nature, my sinful nature. And so even though the spirit of God was trying to start in me, I remained in bondage because of, of things that were in me. 
And God had to first say, I'm going to deliver you personally. I need to take these things and you need to crucify these things in you. There was evil spirits influencing me that God was like, I need, you need to be separate from these things in order to even walk in freedom. Because, and again, a, a, a good picture of this, of what it looks like corporately, but take this picture. Don't make it just about other people. Look at yourself carefully, examine yourself. Is the people of Israel, when the people of Israel, Moses came, right, to deliver the people of Israel and to say, let my people go. But when those people were physically delivered out of bondage, in their hearts because at that time you know the sinful nature could not be crucified in the same way it can be now they began to lust after egypt they're like yo in egypt we had leeks and onions we had meat we had all these different things and they were being provided for in the wilderness and god was trying to prepare them for a greater promise but they kept lusting after the old thing so what god had to do in me was like he he told me clearly he's like when he was like when i deliver you from these things you can't be lusting back after egypt there can't be this lust for the leeks and the onions. There's, there's, a, there's a comfortability in bondage that no one really talks about. Like, there, there, there are benefits to the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Like, being in bondage. There's a lot of other slaves in slavery. There's not a lot of free people. <laughs> there's a lot of other slaves. Hey, stay right there. Stay right there for a little bit. <laughs> the comfortability in bondage. If you can help us right there. Help us okay. right there. Yeah, there's a comfort in bondage. So I'll, I'll speak for myself and, and, and prayerfully, you know, people will be able to resonate. And I, and I pray that this testimony, you know, this, tes this testimony of my, you know, deliverance will help people understand. Like, there was a comfort in bondage. Here's what I mean. Although I knew I began, the Spirit of God began alerting me, yo, there's things that are wrong in this environment. There were things that are wrong in me that without the structure and the system, it makes you think, if I'm just alone with God, like, will I be straight? If I'm saying I will not, you know, connect with, uh, you know, uh, the body in certain ways, um, if I, once I leave this place and I'm seeing, hey, this is the biblical standard that I won't, that I, that I, I, that I have to be willing to have a certain level of isolation while trying to discover this next step, and be faithful to God in that process, that, that was an intimidating thought, you know, because if you are like the, the first to, you know, in your family to do anything or the first to break, I was born and raised in this, you know, it's like what Bay talked about. I was born in darkness. I was shaped, I was molding in it. You know what I'm saying? Like my, my family got married in that. I was literally birthed into it. So, I mean, I'm talking about generational is strong. So it's like, okay, like, I had to deal with, yo, like, you got to be walking so strong with God that if there's no brothers to hold you accountable, will you be faithful towards God? If there's, if there's no one who's checking on you, will you still be committed to God? You know, that, that, that spoken word was birthed in those hard times. Like, can I trust the heart of God even when, you know, the people around me are all trying to convince me that, oh, yo, like, you're just tripping. But I'm like, no, this is what the word said. You know, it was kind of like an, an Elijah versus like, not um, not disrespectful stuff, but this is what it was, versus the prophets of Baal stuff. You got everybody around you in your entire environment trying to trick you into believing that the word of God is not the word of God. And in environments like that, 
you know, there's comfortability and bondage because all you have to do is compromise and be like, oh, the church ain't perfect. I'll just stay here. You know? The crazy part about that whole thing is I, I like to allude it to, you know, I used to drive a car and I didn't mm. use, I didn't wear my seatbelt. And, yeah. you know, that beep used to annoy me bad before. <laughs> I drove that car long enough and had the bad, the bad habit of not putting on my seatbelt. Mm. That sound, the sound of the beeping stopped annoying me as much to the point that it just became a part of the ride. And so I was going to mm. ask you about the rent. Wow. But then when you talked about the comfort and bondage, I recognized that the desensitivity is is such is so real that you could literally have the voice of god showing you speaking to you like yo check this check this check this did you see that i hope you saw that that's not right that's not in line you're, there's no peace in your spirit and somehow you're still able to sit back in the chaos in the midst of the shaking and say but this is this is all i know like this is this is, this is part of the ride. And so I just yeah. wanted you to kind of speak to that. Like along the way, was there not turbulence <laughs> before you got to that place? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Holy Spirit, help me to say this in the most edifying way possible. Oh, no, there was 100% turbulence. In fact, you know, because the Spirit of God began stirring in me because I began, it was actually so interesting. This is the nature of deception. So... This isn't about this individual system, which is, which is wicked, but this is about, I want this to be applied to wherever people are at. You know, there was such a, there was an emphasis on the book of Acts, but then I was like, wait a minute. When I looked at the fruit, I was looking around. I'm like, this doesn't look like the book of Acts. I know everybody's saying this is Acts, but I'm like, but this isn't the book of Acts. I was like, this is what, this is what they did here, but we don't do this. Why? And then I was like, wait a minute, why am I not doing this? Like, why am I not doing these things? Like, I'm, I'm literally reading scripture, but I'm not doing what it says to do. And I was like, the Bible says you do that, there's a problem. Like, I'm not supposed to be reading and not doing, yet here, there's all of these things laid out in scripture that I see, but I'm not doing. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's not just I'm not doing it, it's being taught that there's just these whole passages that are being skipped over or people have these, you know, and I began asking questions and then I wasn't getting answers. So I began asking Holy Spirit. That's really how I began to hear from God. I started asking Holy Spirit about everything because I'm like, God, like, you know, like a, a practical one, right? Like it, it says in Acts 2.38 that we're supposed to repent, be baptized, and then we see the gift of the Spirit, which is the promise of the Father. But it's like that Spirit was supposed to, you know, allow for, you know, they're supposed to be speaking in tongues. There's supposed to be this boldness and in, in witness. There's supposed to be, you know, all of these different things. But I was being taught, no, everything that was supernatural has ceased. And it was just like, whoa, but like the Holy Spirit is supernatural. So like how, you know what I'm saying? So like it was, but then, but I kept bowing down to it because it was just like, oh, I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to be rebellious. And at the time I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, the whole thing was like, this is real, this, you know, every every call is like, this is the true church. So it's kind of like, hey, if you leave here, are you gonna be able to find a wife that's biblical? Are you gonna have friends that are disciples? And you get so, and you kind of, it's like the Elijah thing. 
there was a hundred other prophets. She's like, I'm the only prophet that's left. It's like, you wasn't the only prophet that's left. They may be in caves, caves but there's other, you know what I'm saying? But it's kind of like, I'm the only one. And it's just like, I don't know if I want to be the only one. So it's just kind of like, ah, like, okay, like, maybe I just need to put up with this or maybe I need to reform this or whatever, whatever. But it's like, God was like, I need to reform you and then you need to be removed from there because you can't be, the seed can't fall right onto the soil and produce a fruit in third ground, in second ground, in first ground. So like if we, we, we look at repentance too much from an individualistic standpoint, repentance is both individual and corporate. But when you look at the Bible, most of the calls to repentance are actually corporate. And so where we are corporately affects our individual repentance. There was things that I was trying to individually repent of, but I, I had legally, right, put myself under bondage spiritually. And so Jesus is like, I can't be your head here. There's a competing spirit. There's a competing system. There's a competing government that says that you cannot be obedient to the, to the kingdom of God, to the commands I've given you. So it's just like, oh, to actually individually repent, I had to have the, the spiritual fortitude to be removed from that environment and be even willing to kind of be in the wilderness a little bit, just me and God and Satan trying to like destroy in the wilderness because literally this is actually so crazy. A lot of spiritual systems are set up that you become so dependent on them it's like it's like crack that's the it's like you know it's like spiritual crack that they feed you that if you stop and you withdraw you know it, a lot of people they just go crazy or they die because they they were trained to be so dependent on that system so god was like before i even remove you from here you need to get the you know for lack of better words you need to get the spiritual drugs out of your system you have been bewitched you know, you, you, you need to get that out of your system so that when you're removed from this place, you, you don't die of withdrawal and that that you're not being, you know, drunk, you know, uh, like his Bible says, do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can drunkenness is not only physical wine. We could be drunk on doctrines. And so it was like I had to have a withdrawal even within that space. And then after having the withdrawal, I had to then be separate and kind of get clean and Holy Spirit had to rehabilitate me, but you can't be, you can't get rehabilitated and be in the same environment. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and that's, and that's what God had to do uh, with me. And that's what I mean, comfortability and bondage. Like, like I realized, I was like, I relate a lot with people who've been addicted to drugs because like, if you, and, and, and I worked in that field for a while before becoming an entrepreneur, and, and going, then eventually going into ministry and stuff like that. But it's just like, there's a comfortability. Everybody around you doing the same drugs. Everybody around you high. Everyone around you making the same excuses. Everybody around you has the same habits. Everyone around you has the same patterns. To leave that when that's all that you know can be scary. Even if you know there's better on the other side, part of the addiction is not just to the drug, but it's to the environment. And that's part of the sinful nature. If you think about nature right we in <laughs> we in nature and so you have to get free of the sinful you know desires and the things of the spirit but that's why that crucifixion of the flesh is so important because we have to then 
be so fixing our eyes on Jesus that regardless of the place that we're in, well, actually, no, let me not. We need to be so like rooted in God that we have the courage to be uprooted from the wrong environment and then placed into the right environment. The courage. You just said the courage. We, we got to yeah. probably end. Yeah, yeah. I think I think because you share with me how you actually kind of you had to stand up and you had to speak. And originally, when when I was stirring up and you, you're like you said the fear of man was almost going to get to you. Like, uh, but I, I if I say this, then I'm moving in rebellion. And there's a lot of you talked about your comfortability and bondage, but also the loyal loyalty to bondage. Yes. You know, there was a point in time when the Africans were first taken into slavery that they said that master. And then there was a point in time that people started saying my master. Mm. And I think that that's sometimes we can develop this loyalty to dysfunction, loyalty to demons, loyalty to bondage to a certain extent that we'll almost feel rude <laughs> mm. to, to be courageous. And so I wanted you to kind of to, to speak to that, like, when you when you finally, I'm, we're using you as an example and with yeah. how you kind of stand up to this situation. Um, but I made a post about being too nice. Yeah. And that's another thing God dealt with me on. And that's why I made that post. Yeah. God literally said, like, I'm known for, like, I'm always smiley. That's cool. Um, but another part of that, which I believe was not of God, was just being too nice that I, I refuse yeah. to tell it to people straight. I would dance around the truth. I would not, if I say it like this, then they're going to they're gonna think I'm mean. Mm -hmm. If I say it like this, they're going to think that, you know, you know, I wasn't, you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm, I have to compromise myself to, to pacify. And yes. so I, I think, I don't know if there's, I don't, I don't know. There's no room for that when yes. we're talking about deliverance. I said that one time in a post, you can't negotiate with demons. There's no <laughs> negotiation with demons. And so being nice, when being nice, uh, when, it's, when, when, when truth and confrontation, um, and confrontation, it comes into the conversation, niceness has to go under. That's why I'm like, okay, I'm done with this nice thing altogether. God didn't call me to be nice. He said, I called you to be righteous. And so he yeah. called us a better fruit of the spirit of kindness. And that is more about, hey, if I'm more considerate about, when I say I'm considerate about you, I'm considerate about what God is saying about you, what God wants to do with you, not necessarily my personal agenda for you, which is not to see me as mean. That's a personal agenda. That's nice. I don't want you to see me as mean. I don't want you to think that I'm, no. God and his truth sets free. So I'm going to speak yep. truth because at the end of the day, even if it hurts your feeling, it was truth. And so I want you to kind of just speak to the boldness and courage that came with actually saying no and walking away from your bonded situation. And so we're going to wrap up around there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it took, it took a while. Um, it took like almost six, seven months and really God had to push me out, you know, so to speak for me to make the final, make the final part of it. But really it was wild. Cause like, you know, Holy Spirit just began like convicting me. Actually, I'll say that the, the moment the true transition was I actually, um, I just watched Braveheart. And you know how, I don't know if you've seen the movie Braveheart. Uh, he basically like, freedom. He starts screaming out freedom. And he's literally being like tortured because like he wouldn't compromise. And I was like, wow, that's so powerful. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm afraid of, you know, the pain that comes with the lack of compromise. And then Holy Spirit just began to like really convict me. Like, 
you know you know that all these people are in spiritual bondage like you know this like it wasn't like a maybe like you know this and it's just like how do you think if you remain a slave you're gonna free the slaves like so that's what he told me he was just like you you're gonna free the slaves from the plantation like tell me like he, he just holy spirit just talks to me frankly he was just like tell me like how, how do you plan to do this like so you're gonna stay in your chains and you're gonna convince everyone else and talk about the benefits of freedom and not be free. Like you need to get free. You trying to convince everybody else while in chains that they need to be free. And like, and you know that everyone else is in chains and they don't know that they're in chains. You need to, you need to get out of the chains, get off the plantation and then demonstrate freedom. And he's like, that's the only way anyone's going to see that it's better to be free. Everyone's so afraid of life off of the plantation, off outside of the system. He's like, they're so afraid. He was just like, I, because I, God speaks to me. I'm not saying this for everybody. A lot of times he uses movies to show me stuff. He was just like, you, you like Neo. So like, how are you supposed to see Neo? And you, and you see that he can't, he, he had to be unplugged from the matrix and his physical body needed to be strengthened before he could re-enter the matrix. You try to free people while you in the matrix. Get out of the matrix. Unplug. You addicted. You hooked. You so you telling people that you can trust to me, like trust in him. So this is what he was telling me. He's like, you telling people to trust in him, but like you, but he was like, you're not trusting in me enough to leave. And it's just like, once you leave then I can do the finishing work in you. And then there can be a demonstration of, oh, this is what freedom looks like. And so then when you go back, you're not going back as a slave. Because if you're still a slave, if you've never left, you're still a slave. If you never left, you're still a slave. So you can't go and free slaves without leaving. And he was like, look at Moses. Moses had to go first. Before his people, he was in the wilderness first. He was in the desert first. And then I brought him back. He's like, you're trying to do it all from a point of slavery. He's like, I'm trying to make you a son. And you may have been given a revelation of sonship, but like, you got to walk in sonship, walk in the spirit before you can tell people, leave being a slave. So, yeah. Bro, that, let's and, play. That's, that, I'm so empowered <laughs> right now. I'm yeah. so, so empowered. I felt, and I just hear the spirit, the spirit of God so powerfully through that. And it's encouraging, man. It's encouraging mm -hmm. to know that that's what he's calling us to. And that's what's possible. Um, what you said was just, that was everything, man. It makes me want to just break down. You can't, Amen. you can't free from that plantation. You can't, you, when he, within the example of Moses, I probably came on the spot, but that was straight the spirit of God. What God did with Moses is the same thing. God is calling us to be ambassadors, to represent. He's calling his people, but he says, I want to use you. I mm -hmm. want to use you as a tool in this generation to set my people free. But you can't do so from the chains. Like, ah, I want to pray from there. I'm going to let you, uh, you know, take over. Let, let's pray. I, and this is a, it, sincerely because I know I'm I'm hype and I'm excited, but there are still people right now yes. under our voices that are still in that place, in the yes. thick, that have yes. never heard the voice of God, and all of this is like. So let's pray to that, and um, and then we'll, we're gonna wrap it up, man.
Oh, me pray? <laughs> my bad. I'll sit that way for you to pray. My bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll pray. I'll pray. Um, <laughs> dear Heavenly Father, uh, just just thank you um, for being so good. God, thank you for being the deliverer, God. God, thank you that uh, in you is life and in freedom. God, thank you for, 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 for bringing your son and giving us uh, an example of, of sonship. God, God, uh, just thank you that you have come to give us life and life to the full. God, I, I pray that, you know, for, for everyone right now, that we internalize the scripture, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God, um, deliver us from fear of everything but you. God, help us to truly, in our, in our heart, and, and just to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength first, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, God, forgive us for where we have we have we have loved uh, the, the idea of loving your people more than loving you, God. For, forgive us and deliver us from people pleasing, God. Deliver us from the fear of man, God. Deliver us from the fear of opinions, God. Deliver us from the fear of speaking boldly, God. Deliver us from the, the fear of speaking the truth, and deliver us from the fear of walking in the truth, God not by might, not by power, but by your spirit alone, God. Oh, we just need you, God. And Lord, I, I pray that this word uh, is a rhema word, God. It's on time for your people and that these seeds, God, of this word would reach those uh, who, who are fourth ground or who are becoming fourth ground, God, that those who are, that are enslaved, that this word would be a key and that they would, they would leave slavery and walk in sonship and that they would they would follow you and follow your voice to the ends of the earth follow your voice when it's unpopular follow your voice uh when when it feels like everyone around them may not be willing to or may not be in the same place and that they would just trust you god that we would just trust you that we would trust your heart and that we would just be not afraid to go deeper and deeper into you, God. Oh, Lord, the deeper we go in you, the less things can come with us. But, but God, uh, thank you for, 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 for just freeing us, God. And, and God, for those who are not free, I pray that the spirit of the Son, which is a spirit of freedom, would hit you right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that the shackles would fall, God, that they would, they would have such an encounter with you that the scales would fall from their eyes, God, that they would have such an encounter with you that you would just loose them, God. And Lord, we, we bind up the work of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. We bind up the work of the enemy to keep us from, from having uh, your eyes on the word, God. Like you say in Ephesians, God, uh, just give us revelation of you as a person, God, of you, Jesus, that we would be so enamored in love with you that, you know, th there's no uh, suffering on this earth that can compare to the joy of intimacy with you now, not just in heaven, but of you now, and that we would have our eyes so fixed on you that there is no present uncomfortability or, or circumstance that would make us just not pursue you with everything that we have. God, fall afresh on us. Let us just have a fresh baptism of your spirit, God, not just in the speaking of tongues, not just in the working of the supernatural, but of love being produced in our hearts. And Lord, by your word, you say, if we love you, then we'll keep your commands. God, set a fire 
in our hearts to be obedient, God, that we would mature, God, individually as your sons we would mature to be like you and be able to say the same thing that you are able to say that i and the father are one and lord i pray corporately we would mature as your bride that you we would allow you to wash us in the water of the word that we would mature that you could that we could be one with you god God, we, we, we just right now, we place you as Lord over our lives again, God, in any place where we backslid in, 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 the, in, the, in, in the smallest ways for the only one sin, sin that keeps us from falling short of your glory, God. And just, just make us clean vessels, God. Don't just wash the outside of the cup, God. Let your spirit like water pour into us like cups and wash the inside. God, and that we could claim the scripture outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed by you, God, and that, that springs of water would flow from us as you proclaim in your word, and, and that we would be clean wells, that we would be deep cisterns, God, that we would just be refreshed in you, and that we would be a point of refreshing, that our cup would overflow with the fruits of your spirit, that our plates would overflow with the fruits of your spirit, that we would bear fruit that that the world could see that fruit and recognize that 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 only figs come from fig trees god this fruit where it is absent god expose god expose the fig leaves let the winds blow the fig leaves off of any tree that is not bearing fruit in your body god um let there be exposure, God, and God, prune your people, God. I ask, just prune our hearts that we would bear fruit, bear with us and be patient for, 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 we, for we know the good we ought to do, but often we don't do it. So Lord, let us be led by your spirit so we could produce your fruits, that, that we would walk in step with your spirit and not give into desires of the flesh. Be patient with us, Lord, and, 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 let, and let your fruits just come from within us so abundantly that everyone would be able to see we are your children, we are your sons, we are your house and your temple, and that we would be the light on the hill and the salt of the earth, and that we would be so distinguished from the false that those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand would look and they would run not to us but to you. We pray all of these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus uh, in full agreement with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone and as sons of the most high God Yahweh. Amen and amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Thank you so much. Our stuff was dropping while you was uh, praying. Well, I appreciate you, man. It was a good time. You know, I think we we could probably do this all night. I hope you guys got some from his personal testimony. Um, I believe that someone got set free tonight. Somebody got set free. There are some fetters, there's some shackles that have been broken tonight. And I, I pray that you continue to walk and to chase after him. Get into your word. Get before him. Allow him to finish the work in your life. Uh, this is going on the podcast at least by tomorrow. So y'all check in. Band of Brothers, if you don't know who we are, go to the link in bio and check, check us out. Appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Have a good night.